I'm running late for work and my wife is sleeping in the other room, so I'm going to make this really quick. From Fullerton, California, this is Stranger Than Christian. Hey, Jordan? Oh, hold on a minute. Okay. Oh, that's fun. Okay, hold on. Because I have two different audio inputs happening. You're good. Take your time. No worries. This is all part of the show now, so it's all good. Oh, cute. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, there we go. Okay, I fixed it, like, very quickly. Okay, there we go. <laughs> All right, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can, yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'm amazing. How are you? I'm good. You ever have those days where you feel like it's hard to get, like, a, a, a moment of, like, silence to yourself, where you can't get, like, a quiet space to, like, do the thing that you want to do? Have you ever had a day like that? No, literally every day when that's you go me. to college, that's yes. just part of the contract. I know, that's <laughs> me today. I'm like, I'm very aware right now of all the sounds around me. Like I hear the ceiling fan because it's like 90 degrees here. I hear the fan, I hear the air conditioner. There are like trucks going by and I'm very self-conscious mm. about this right now because like you, nobody can hear this. Like this is going to sound terrible, but I think we're okay. I'm trying to put that out of my mind. No, yeah, you you sound fine. If it makes you feel any better, my mic is like two feet away from my computer and every time i'm using my computer it sounds like a private jet is taking off so i'm pretty self-conscious about that and and my fan is going off and i don't live in the quietest neighborhood so if anything happens it'll happen to the both of us all right good we're going through so we're going through this together we're going through this journey together yes you are not alone in this journey i remember <laughs> when i had my older macbook i used to do i used to do my show with like an older macbook and um mm. and yeah after about 5 minutes you'd hear the fan kick on and it'd sound like a jet was taking off and my oh, first like right. my, my early episodes if you listen close you could hear it kick on like you could hear it get loud and then, and then my wife got me a new one for my birthday last year, which, speaking of self-conscious, that was the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. And I still feel like I should be thanking her for it. Oh, goodness. Well, thankfully, you're married. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah. You are not married. You just started college? Yeah, uh, no. So I am. I just finished my second year of college. I have four more to go because I'm pursuing my master's. So I kind of just tacked on the, the years there. Um, but no, not married. Very, um, very single for a while. <laughs> what are you studying in college? Um, so my master's is going to be in screenwriting and I'm actually double majoring right now. So I am pursuing my master's in screenwriting, but I am also pursuing my, uh, bachelor's bachelor's in theater arts. So that's, that's the, that's the plan. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. And what's the goal? What do you want to do? Well, the, the ultimate goal would, would to be a showrunner, 
um, which would mean that I would produce and direct all of my own films. So basically like a Sam Levinson, a Quentin Tarantino, you know, they, they basically write their own films and direct them and produce them. Um, so that, that would be the ultimate goal for myself and what I would want to use for my degrees as well. So, yeah. And, um, and auteur, you want to just make it the way you want to make it and have you have your voice be the final creative say? Well, yes and no. I mean, I am very aware that film and just any art in general is very collaborative and requires other people to fill in the blanks. So I would definitely love to collaborate with people as much as possible when I'm making the things that I make. Like even, even the things that I've already written and created, like I involve my team very heavily in the creative process because I'm fully aware that my, my perspective on how the story can go is not always, like it, it can be better, especially when you involve other perspectives, it gets even more creative in the outcome just becomes even better, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. To have people around you, I mean, you get that, you get that, that, uh, that other creative input and it's, it's nice, right. To have people to sort of bounce off of. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that, that would be the goal is to make things, but also keep it as collaborative as possible. So my dream has always been to work in broadcasting and growing up, I idolized a lot of people in broadcasting who, for lack of a better phrase, did not look like me and did mm. not dress like me and were mm. not of the same background that I was. Are there people in the theater arts and people in in film who remind you of you? Oh, absolutely not. Which is kind of which kind of goes with what you're saying is like there isn't really a lot of people who are like me, not even as like a I'm I'm not like other girls, like not in that way, but in a in a way that's that's like, you know, you don't see a lot of black queer people making media. And if they are, then it's not something that is put in the forefront of what people are making. It's actually something I had a conversation with my friend about not too long ago, is that I used to beat myself up for a long time because I don't look like other celebrities like other people do. Like a lot of people can pinpoint a celebrity that they maybe kind of sort of look like, but I don't think I look like anybody and nobody has ever been able to pinpoint somebody for me. So it, it it's now become something that I use to my advantage that I don't look like anybody else. And I, in my creative process, isn't exactly like everybody else's. So hopefully that can be an advantage when I come to the rise. <laughs> Yeah. I would hope so, too. You would think that that would be something that would strengthen your position, right? Because you are the only you there is. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I wonder, you know, do original people have a chance in Hollywood anymore? I think now more than ever, yes. Because I feel like we are getting to a point, and I feel like the general public is getting to a point where we are seeing this the same thing being made. We're seeing old ideas being revived and people are bored. They want something original. They want something elaborate. That's that's fully, I feel like that's fully why movies like Everything Everywhere All at Once are doing so well in 
box offices because they are so out there and it's not something that you can replicate. It, it's not something that somebody can just wake up and think of. This, this film definitely took years to create and to write. So I feel like now more than ever, we're getting to a point where people are becoming more creative with their art. And that is what is coming to the forefront of media. And eventually the people that are, you know, just replicating the same thing over and over again, they're gonna pass on and the new generation is gonna come forth and we're gonna create a new standard. And that new standard is to, is, is to level up and to be better than what was in the past. How exciting is it that there's a new generation coming up? Isn't that like, when you think about it, isn't that like the most exciting thing in the world? Oh goodness. It's, it's exciting, but also scary at the same time, because something that I feel like a lot of artists and, and a lot of people who work in the creative industry think about is that we all have to admit that everything has been done at this point. So now we just have to get to a point where we're twisting it and making it our own and not, you know, feeling like we can't make anything new because everything's been done at this point. But the more that life changes and the more that life evolves, especially with the way the social climate is and the way that we are creating new innovations every single day, I feel like eventually we're just going to get to a point where, you know, we're, we, yes, we have done everything, but we are able to have our own interpretations of it and allow different perspectives of it as well. Absolutely. And what you're describing, right, that challenge to like create in an era where just about everything that can be created has already been created, you know, that is going, in my opinion, that's going to separate the true creatives from everybody else because those true creative people are going to rise to that challenge. Do you know what I mean? Because it's very easy to look at, at, at the world of film and say, okay, everything has been made. Every story has been told. But, I mean, clearly not, right? Clearly there's something out there that hasn't been, that hasn't been depicted yet. And um, I, it, it's mm -hmm. one of the things that keeps me going. And it happens uh, in film, in music, especially for me, and technology. Just what is coming down the road, like what we are yet to see. And if the things that we have right now are what we have right now, imagine what's going to happen like 10, 15, 20 years from now. Like that's one of the mm -hmm. things that like keeps me excited about life from day to day. If that makes sense. No, exactly. Like the more that I witness the new ideas that are made by other people, the more that I just get excited that, you know, this is, this is what is going to be coming up when for people to, experience and half of the ideas that i hear from other people are not even being made so wait until those ideas are being made because unfortunately artists are notorious for having great ideas but never having the energy or the motivation to execute them so hopefully we could get to a point where those ideas are being executed and executed in a way that is genuine to the idea so that we can experience new things yeah did the release of the flip camera in like the 2010s mean anything to you as somebody who was aspiring to be a filmmaker or a screenwriter or somebody who wanted to work in movies? So ironically, I didn't get into the filmmaking industry until I hit college because I had spent most of my life 
doing theater. I had done theater for about six years um, by the time that I hit college. And that was the thing that I was going to do. I was going to be a, a stage actor and that was going to be the thing that I was going to do. All while having film being on the back burner, because I thought that getting myself into theater would be a good way of getting myself into the filmmaking world. And then I progressively started taking more film classes and I started looking at writing classes. Um, and eventually it just became a slow uphill climb of learning what the film world is like and learning that it's for me. So, I mean, unfortunately that, that doesn't have much significance to me, but the more that I see like different innovations happening with film it's it's definitely something that i'm like enjoying seeing and studying like i i never thought that i would be excited to find out that when um when euphoria came out when the second season came out they filmed the entire season in um what was it called a uh, chromatochrome i think it's called which is an old film that hadn't been used since like 60s or something crazy something right kodachrome crazy kodachrome like yeah. Kodachrome. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah they they had they were able to bring that up to light for that season and just seeing seeing that and like watching the behind the scenes about it like i never thought i would be so excited about a film but it it, it was exciting and now i'm at a point where like new innovations like that are so exciting for me because it gives me more options on how I want to tell my stories. Right. And mm. you made that jump from theater arts in high school. You were, you were a theater kid. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, every, Same. I was a theater I kid all throughout high school. Yeah. I, I, I figured. <laughs> I yeah, how, how, wait, how, how did you figure? Well, theater kids always have this energy to them that is very unique to them. Like, even when I talk to people, like, they immediately know that I'm a theater kid, even though I'm I'm not exactly the most extroverted person, believe it or not. Um, but they they definitely get that energy from me, because when I when I have an audience, I perform. Mm -hmm. OK, <laughs> so, yeah. I just yeah. wanted to make sure you and I would be on the same page, because I remember mm -hmm. like um, when I would go to the different conferences and stuff in high school, like identifying the kids that were into the stuff that I was into. Like you can tell it's a vibe. It's an energy. You can mm -hmm. tell that they're just going to get it. You can be yourself around these people. And that's what I think that's what drew me to theater um, when I was in high school, because I had always had this desire to. Uh, I, I, I wanted to be known as unique. Do you know what I mean? Like I wanted to be mm -hmm. unique. I also wanted to be recognized for that for, you know, for better or worse. And at that age, that is where I found these other people that were like not ashamed to be themselves and not ashamed to be like expressive and loud and, and all these mm -hmm. things that I was told I should calm down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you should not be so expressive. Don't be so loud. You know what I mean? And exactly. uh, I just took a lot of pride in being around people that were, like, not only being those things that I was told not to be, but succeeding at it and, and, and getting attention and, and doing what they wanted to do with their lives uh, as a result of, of, of that energy. So, yeah, it's interesting that even years later, I mean, I'm a 33-year-old guy. It's interesting that even now uh, I, I can still be detected as a, as a theater kid. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i can smell it from a mile away at this point <laughs> <laughs> it's fun it's fun isn't it how fun is it being in plays in high school oh god no it it it's something that i've 
definitely had a love-hate relationship with, especially with making the transition of from theater to film, because my first year of college was theater. I was pursuing theater acting, but I, I, I doing that made me realize that the one thing that I enjoyed about theater is its ability to give me a sense of escapism. It gave me an outlet to be somebody else instead of Jordan for a moment. And having that moment really got me through some really tough times. But then I hit college and I realized that, you know, making it my career is definitely not something that is healthy for my, for my mind. I definitely, I, I had that moment where I had to pick something that I enjoy, but also something that I can take seriously and that I don't use as a coping mechanism. So, yeah. So tell me about who Jordan is on stage versus who Jordan is in real life. You mentioned that you could escape and be, a, you know, be who you want to be. What's mm. the difference between those two personas, if any? So my... The way that I interact with people and the way that I live my daily life is very similar to the way that I am just generally compared to how I am on stage. Because, you know, when I'm around people or when I'm interacting with a group of people, I'm very energetic. I am popping all the jokes. I am the one dancing. I'm the party animal. But if I am, you know, at home, or just doing errands or doing what I need to do. I'm very introverted. I stay in my room. I watch my shows. I, I do what I need to do. And I'm very quiet about it. I'm, I'm not somebody who interacts with people on a daily basis in, a, in an extremely extroverted way, because that's just not how I carry myself unless I'm around a group of people that I'm comfortable with. And being in theater, you're in a space where acceptance is one of the many pillars of theater. I mean, I, I, there are many people that I wish I could drill that into, but it's it's acceptance and, and being different is one of the many pillars of theater that makes it thrive and makes it a space for people like us to thrive. So going into theater, I was definitely able to explore being more extroverted and and being loud and being expressive, even though when I'm at home or when I'm around people that I'm not the most comfortable with, I am, I'm quiet. I keep to myself. I just do my thing and I just hope that I don't bother anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Isn't is that the goal of life? Just do, just do your thing and don't bother anybody else. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> but also fucking nobody bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't bother anybody no, exactly. else. Just don't fucking bother me. Exactly. Oh <laughs> I've got as I get older, like, and I'm 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 considerably older than you, but as I'm getting older, like, I'm realizing how happy I am with. Don't just leave me alone. Just, oh, just like God. to the general public, just leave me alone. And maybe it comes with working certain types of jobs too, because I'm a hotel manager and I've been in customer service for years and years and years. And I just, mm. I, I've built a career on talking to people and being, you know, face to face and all that. And when I don't want it, I don't want 
it. Leave me alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. I, (laughs) (laughs) that is literally my worst nightmare when like a stranger like comes up to me and like invades my space and I need to get better at just being like, you know, I don't want to talk right now. <laughs> I, I I feel it. I definitely need to get better at that because that's not rude. That's just, you know, showing a boundary, but I'm really bad at that. So I hopefully I'll get better at it so that people can leave me the hell alone. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm hearing what you just said and I'm acknowledging it, but it also necessitates a question. This is a mm-hmm. show in which you are talking to a complete stranger. Was there any apprehension on your end coming into a thing like this? I mean, you signed up, so clearly not a whole lot of apprehension. But leading up to it, after you filled out the thing, was there a point where you almost didn't want to do this? No, that I I spent like a like a better portion leading up to this happening, like rescheduling and like canceling completely. Like it, like I I, I had to anticipate. It the entire time I was just like, oh my god, I'm so scared. Like, what if I say something stupid? <laughs> this you're but, scared of this? Yes, it's my worst nightmare. <laughs> this is your worst nightmare, but you're doing it, and we're wait, we're we're 20 minutes in. You're 20 minutes into your worst nightmare, <laughs> and you're doing a great job. How does well, that feel? Well, well, it's not surprising because, like, like I said, a, a, a better half of me wanted to do it and was like, this is a great opportunity for me to, like, get better at talking to other people. And that's the one thing that I get told all the time as an artist and as someone who has to put myself out there is that I need to get better at putting myself out there and, and, and branding myself and presenting myself to other people, even though I hate doing it <laughs> so well, I, that's true and i i hate yeah. doing it too and i remember when i made a, I made a patreon for this show and i did it because like oh maybe you know maybe this could be something while i'm home from work because of covid or whatever maybe it's something where i can make some like money on the side this would be kind of cool i'm kind of good at this i'd like to do this for a living mm-hmm. but like you on the other side of my head i'm like i hate this i hate mm-hmm. putting myself out there i hate you know, self-promotion and, and I, I hate it. I hate oh, yeah. it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, you always hear that. Like until you get a publicist or until you get a, you know, a, a team around you, like you're going to be the only one that promotes you the way you're going to need to be promoted. If you're an artist or if you're, you know, a creative type or somebody who wants to do something like this, but I hate it. I still hate it. Exactly. It's, it's just, it's the worst thing having to be your own biggest fan and then thinking about how other people perceive that. Like, I've definitely been in situations where, where people will just go out of their way to promote themselves. And I'm embarrassed for them. Yeah, <laughs> because it's cringe. Then, yeah, yeah it, it is. Because, I mean, most of the time I'll go and look at their work and it's not the best. It's always people that I end up running into that, like, don't present themselves. And then I find their work. They always seem to have the best product or they're not they're not something they're not always presenting themselves as like you know my my work is the best and you have to consume it because i need your time and and yada 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 it's always people that are like i made this thing you should check it out it's pretty cool and they're then, unassuming like, yeah unassuming. exactly yeah exactly yes. because i feel like good art it's very hard to and 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 this goes for film or music or visual arts, whatever. But I feel like good art is hard to judge as good art when it's being trumpeted to you as good art. Like if somebody shows me a painting, I'm like this is the best painting in the world. I'm going to look at it more critically. 
I'm going to look at it and like, okay, is it? Let me see about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it, it's a, that's a harder hoop for that art to jump through. You know what I mean? Whereas if the opinion is left up to the people that are consuming the art, at least from my point of view, if it's left up to me, I feel like I'm a good judge of what I think is nice or not nice or 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 pleasing or not pleasing, you know, to my senses. But mm-hmm. right. It's, I feel like, uh, you know, people who go out there and say, I'm the best at this, I'm the best at that. That's great. And I love confidence. And I love, you know, you have to have your <laughs> own confidence. You have to be mm-hmm. you have to be a self-starter in that way. Exactly. But at the same time, that's a harder that's a harder path to cross. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a lot of people now that you have to you better really be about it. If you're telling people that you're the best or that you're the best at this or best at that, you really better be the best at that. It, it, yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's something that I'm I'm very glad that I'm able to break the barrier on now that I've now that I've I've realized that the the one the the greatest way to learn about being creative and putting yourself out there and creating your own product is consuming media that isn't the best and seeing why it's not the best and seeing why it doesn't necessarily hit the standard or maybe it doesn't just hit your own standard because there's your own standard and your own perspective of art but then there's also you know this this is just generally not good because it doesn't hit the basics of what makes something a good product Like I've definitely watched plenty of movies where I'm like, this was shot beautifully. Like the actors are doing a great job, but this story is just not doing it for me. And, and, and I'm not going to discredit the cinematographers and the writers and and the producers for their work. I'm just going to discredit the writer and the director and the way that they portrayed this story. Like a a good example is I I recently watched the movie Old. I don't know if you have you seen that film Old? No, I'm familiar with it, but I've not seen it. Yeah, I I watched it like a few nights ago. And it is such a great concept. If you if you don't know the premise of the movie, basically, this group of people go to this resort, and they get to go to this private, uh, they get to go to this private tour of this island. And little do they know that this island has a huge rock on it. And this rock accelerates aging. So in the span of like an hour, they've aged like 10 years or something or something crazy like that. And because they're aging that rapidly, they they some of them have different ailments. So they their their ailments accelerate faster and they and they all just slowly deteriorate. And it's such a great concept. Like once I finished the movie, I was like, I am so disappointed. Not because this movie like had a bad story to it because the story was great, but the the writing was lackluster. The cinematography was really sloppy. And I, and I just was very disappointed because it was such a great concept only for it to be executed poorly. Ruined by I'm execution, ju- right, yeah. Exactly. So I'm, I'm just glad that I'm able to differentiate that now, and I hope more people can learn how to differentiate that as well. Yeah. I've always heard that the concept of, of what makes art good or bad is subjective. Something that is terrible or not pleasing to the eye of one person may be uh, more pleasing to the eye of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there are qualities in art that are universal, that like are universal good? Um, I 
Honestly, it depends on the person you ask. And I, and I feel like that it gets that deep where like people will look at a piece of art or, or, or a piece of media and they'll think that it's absolutely terrible and they don't get it. Whereas somebody else like doesn't get why they like this particular thing. A very good example is a relationship that I had with an old roommate. He was a music major and he would often show me music and you know, would get into the music theory and like why, like the writing was amazing. And it would lead to some very awkward interactions because I didn't like half of the things that he showed me. I could acknowledge that, you know, the, the writing was about like a deep story and they were able to like express that in a creative way or like they used a certain chord progression or, or whatever. Like I was able to acknowledge that, but I personally didn't like it. And it caused a lot of discourse between us because like he, he would show me something and he would think it's a masterpiece only for me to be like, I didn't like it. And, he, and then he's heartbroken because, it, because it's, he thinks it's a masterpiece and it probably is a masterpiece. I mean, what, what is my opinion worth? Um, but I, I, I just didn't see that. So I, I feel like it, it, I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't know is that it really just depends on the person that you ask because we all see the world so differently that there's no one way that we can look at something and all agree on it in the same way, at least. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting mm -hmm. that a person could, so like going back to what you're talking about with your roommate, that like a song could be made according to the theory of the music. Like if it follows the math, then of course this should be good, but mm -hmm. that's not necessarily the case. And I feel like that happens a lot. That happens a lot in popular film. I feel like where you get these focus groups, you get these, you know, this research that indicates people want to see this, 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 and this. So they make a movie with this, 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 and this, and it does terrible and it gets terrible reviews and nobody sees it. Mm -hmm. And people wonder like what, what went wrong? Like this was what the research said people wanted to see. But it's so much more nuanced than that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There, there's a creative bone that I feel like a lot of filmmakers right now haven't necessarily unlocked because a lot of studios are just pumping out the same thing because they know that they will kind of maybe sort of do well in theaters and they can maybe make up the money that they are, you know, pumping into the film. But there's something so human about what makes a certain film good or or better than something else. Like going back to everything, everywhere, all at once, I feel like the thing that makes that movie as great as it is, is that it's so everywhere. <laughs> and and it and it is so it it just it, it keeps you engaged. And there's so many different concepts that are added into it that just makes it so raw and human. I feel like people are missing that is that art has to be human. It has to be dynamic. It has it has to be unique and as unique as humanity itself. And if you are creating something based on what other people like or based on a formula, humans aren't made out of formulas. Humans aren't made out of scientific equations because we're all so different. We're all so unique from each other. And we try to group ourselves and we try to we try to box ourselves as much as possible, but in the end, that's just restricting ourselves from what we could really do and what we could really create. So I, I, I feel like that's 
what's missing. And if, and if we unlock that, then better things will be made more often. <laughs> yeah. Have you personally ever been given money to pursue your creative vision? Have you ever been paid to do the thing that you enjoy doing? No. I I do, and it's something I think about every day, <laughs> is that I do a lot of creative things and I and I invest a lot of time for it, but I don't get a single cent from it. I actually have a job so that I can fund my projects. I'm actually working on an audio production. Um, I'm working on the second season where I have a... 15-person cast, I think, two other producers, and I'm working on getting a director, and I'm having to rent a studio so that we can record it in a space where I can fit 15, 16 people in it at once. And that but takes money. And that takes money. It's And it's definitely not money that's being made from the audio production, unfortunately. Um so, to answer so without question, getting no. into yeah, so without getting into 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 details, I don't want to know how much you make or anything like that. But what do you do to make money? Do you have a job? Do you do something on the side? Have you ever have you ever tried to do something out of the out of the ordinary that that would make you some money? Um. Oh goodness. <laughs> well, I mean, I Uh-oh. currently. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get into it. Here we go. All right. So, so I you I work at a cafe currently, um, and. The pay is decent. I'm able to pay rent. I'm able to get my needs. I'm able to do what I need to do. I'm also getting into selling the things that I have just so that I get that extra bit of cash. Um, But when I was first coming up in college and I didn't have a job, I used to have an OnlyFans. (laughs) And that that was the thing that I did. Okay. Um, I didn't do See, it for the money. My, my ass introverted. Okay, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the th- I didn't do it for the money, though. I did it because I was confident enough that I, I, I wanted to do it simply so that I could say that I did it. And I felt confident enough that <gasps> I could do it in a way that didn't compromise my own opinion as a person. So I, I did it. And I just so happened to be able to get money from it and i knew that i could get money from it so it gave me something to invest in but after a while it it no longer became that thing it became a lot more work (laughs) than i anticipated and it's i feel like it's something that a lot of people don't anticipate when they get into OnlyFans. is that it's it's a lot more work than you think it is and once it became that and it didn't become something that made me more confident but made me feel even more insecure than I already was then I stopped doing it and I only did it for like a few months and it and it didn't make much but it it definitely got me out of some sticky situations when I was confident enough to post something or to invest in you know posting yeah I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't realize about things like OnlyFans. And I don't have any experience firsthand with this, but I Mm. imagine OnlyFans is a social network the way anything else is, Facebook or YouTube, where you Mm. have to stay above that algorithm and you have to post at a certain rate in order to get seen. You know, you can't just top off. I mean, you know, you think about how big the world is and how many people, even like in this particular second right now as we're talking, are like starting an OnlyFans for the first time. Like you Mm. have to do something to put yourself above those other 50,000 people that are joining every 30 seconds. 
Exactly. Exactly. It's it, tough. It just wasn't it's tough. It I takes a certain out. type. Of, yeah, it, I feel like it mm. takes a certain kind of personality to maintain that kind of online presence. That's why I could never be a YouTuber. This thing that I'm doing right now, I feel like is very opposite of what is successful on YouTube. YouTube is mm. very like fast and very loud and very animated, and I think that this is the opposite of that. And so I could never maintain that type of online presence. I can't imagine that life. I mean, I guess it just I guess it just depends on the type of thing that you make because I feel like I feel like something as big as YouTube you could definitely be successful in just as long as you find the audience for it. And that's something that I really love about the internet and what I love about social media is that everybody has a chance to succeed to some type to some capacity if you find the right audience for it because there's an audience for everything and because you know everybody's different everybody likes their own things they just need to find you and if they find you then you find then you have that audience and that's what makes you know that that's what um yeah that's what gets you started you know when you're especially nowadays when we have the internet and we're able to be put in front of anybody in the world instantaneously so i mean that it's an interesting way of looking at it right everybody Mm -hmm. does have access to the same machine and that's a big difference between uh fame and creative fulfillment in 2022 versus Mm -hmm. fame and creative fulfillment even 20 or 30 years ago right where everybody these days everybody could pick up a camera everybody could find something interesting and record themselves record something for a minute and put it up on the same platform like mm-hmm. that's really interesting that's a really interesting way of looking at it that it's all it really is up to you and what you do with the machine do you know what i mean yeah exactly it it's something that i that i learned when i was listening to emma chamberlain's podcast she did an episode on on, I think she did an episode on like fame or, or something like that. But the, the point that she hit on is that it the way that it was a few years ago, you needed an agent, you needed a manager to even get in front of anybody. And that was the only way that you could do it. But nowadays people can just pick up their phone and now people are creating a salary off of TikTok, off of YouTube, off of off of the internet, and, and without the aid of an agent, without the aid of a manager, and anybody has the opportunity to do it. Yeah. What's more important to you, being famous or being respected? Hmm. Neither, actually. I don't really care for either. I, if anything. I would just want to be in a point in my life where I am seen by other people and I can live my life. <laughs> if that makes sense. So so I guess it makes it'll... total sense. I want to tell you really quickly that I yeah. envy you because at your age, I wanted to be famous. That is what I wanted. And I swear mm-hmm. to God that that is what I wanted. That was the goal of everything that I was doing in my life I was like, I'm going to be famous. And it took me a long time to mentally and emotionally get to the point that you just described where it's like, I just want to do the thing that I want to do. And if people see it, that's great. But if not, I'm content with the feeling that I get from being able to be creative on my own terms. It took me a long time to get there. And that's, I'm very impressed by that mindset. No, no. Yeah. It was something that I, 
definitely struggled with in high school because all throughout high school, like my mind was dead set on being an actor professionally. And I really wanted to get out of the mindset of, you know, I'm only doing this because I want to be rich and famous. Like I, I had to admit to myself that that was my mindset. And if that was my mindset, that I was never going to be happy because there's no limit to that. And it's interpreted in so many different ways and changes your life in ways that people can't really fathom until they get into it. So I had to digest it and I had to dissect it for, for a little bit and think like, why, why do I really do this? Why do I like to perform? Why do I like to make things? And at the end of the day, it's because I want somebody to see it. It's because I want somebody to have an experience from it. And, you know, as I'm getting older and am an adult and paying rent, I, I want to be able to, you know, have a comfortable life doing it. And honestly, that, that's all I really want. If I'm not famous for it, who cares? If I'm not respected for it, other people's opinions are finite and useless. So I, I, don't, I don't concern myself with that unless it's something constructive. So to, to answer your question, neither. I don't care if I'm famous. I don't care if I'm respected. I just want to make things and have people see them. And as a result, I can have a house with a car and, you know, just live my life. <laughs> Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. That's a good answer because neither Thank one of them. You. I mean, respect in and I think in, in in everyday adult life is important. It feels good to be respected. I personally feel like I'm at a place right now where I'm respected in what I do at work, at home, and in my hobby. That feels great. Mm-hmm. And I I don't I'm I'm not I'm not famous at all. But that respect does feel good, and I feel like respect to a certain degree is like a basic human need. But you know you can't get can't get lost in the sauce on it you know yeah i know it's something that people talk to me about all the time is that i i often underestimate my accomplishments and then when i talk to other people about it they're like oh my god jordan like like you're doing all the all this stuff like aren't you like super busy like you should be booked and busy and all this stuff i'm like no i'm 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 just going to my cafe job and making this on the side by myself <laughs> and yeah, like, because you you're not self-promoting so because you're not doing yeah. that thing that everybody says you need to do i know yeah exactly because i i just i don't i don't have the drive to do it necessarily <laughs> not, not 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 because i love I don't. it yeah i just i don't i'm not i'm not interested in being yeah. the biggest or the best that that's yeah. just yeah. that's that's not my that's not my niche. What what would be my niche is like, like my biggest goal ever would maybe to like write a film and everybody in the world see it. That that would be my biggest goal. Not even for like the fame aspect of it, but like I, I wouldn't even care if like my name wasn't attached to it. Just knowing that I made it and then a bunch of people saw it and they liked it. That would be my biggest goal in the world. I wouldn't care if I like, got a bunch of money. I mean, I'm yes, I let me take that back. <laughs> I would definitely want money from it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you want me to edit right there, Jordan? I can just cut right there. No, you're like. no, please. No, you're fine. <laughs> no, that's just it's just I have you to, hear I have for, to think you, about hear, that. you heard it here first. Jordan does not want money for anything that he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. No. <laughs> no, that it would definitely help if I if I got oh, some yeah. money from it. <laughs> but, oh yeah, absolutely. But, but it's funny but, what you're describing, yeah. right? Is like that mentality, 
you know, that idea that like, I'm not looking to be the best. I want to be the best for myself. I want to be happy with what I'm doing on my own. That mentality goes so against what we are taught as we're brought up in, 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 in this society, right? Mm -hmm. We're always taught to like win the game, be the best, be number one. If you're going to, if you're going to do it, you might as well be the best at it. And Mm -hmm. you know, To a certain degree, I guess I understand because, you know, it doesn't make sense to do something half-assed. If you want to do it, you know, put your all into it. Mm -hmm. But the idea of being the best, I mean, it breeds this weird sort of, like, competition mindset. And I've never been into sports Mm -hmm. and I've never been into that that type of football or any of that shit. So, like, I have a a much more uh, basic understanding of it. I don't get it. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's 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 a great place to be where you can say, like, I want to respect myself. I want to complete projects and have me be happy with what I'm doing. Exactly. And it and it's it's something that I wrestle with a little bit because being in the creative space, it is a competitive space. It's 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 competition for people's attention. And now more than ever, now more than ever, it's a little easier because we all have such split attentions. But at the same, but at that same time, we're still competing for people's attention and people's time. And it, it's hard to think about when there, when everybody is capable of doing the same thing. It just depends on the way that you do it and how you're able to grasp people's attention. Yeah. Yeah. When I graduated high school, uh, I wanted to do the same thing you wanted to do. I wanted to be an actor. And I went to acting school in New York. And it was one of those, like... And and, and I thought, for lack of a better phrase, I thought I was the shit back then. <laughs> but but I look back on it, and you realize it's like one of those, like, infomercial, give us $800, we'll put you in a soap opera, <laughs> kind of like eight-week theater classes. You know what I mean? Where, like, mm-hmm. everybody who wants to do that out of high school, this place gets all their money, they put them all in a room, and you improv a bunch of scenes for eight weeks, and then nothing happens. It was one of those. Mm-hmm. But the experience of being around people that wanted to do what I wanted to do was great. And I eventually fell out of it because something clicked in my head and I realized what a lonely life uh, uh, an aspiring actor in New York City would have, especially one my age, especially one you know, who, who, who doesn't have any experience. Like, I was just in stuff mm-hmm. in high school. Like, what was I thinking, you know? But I mm-hmm. feel like what I took away from the experience was um, the enrichment of being around like-minded people. And I feel like that is so important, especially, I you know, especially in theater, especially in in the theater arts, to be around people that want to do what you want to do. Exactly, it's something that I've come to love a little bit more about the creative space because I used to hold resentment for people who did have those opportunities that I didn't get to have when I reached college and it became more of a competitive space, I learned that there were a lot of students who had already done theater outside and they were able to, you know, do acting professionally if they wanted to, but they were studying it just because they had the time and the money. And I didn't. I, most, all of my productions were from high school and I didn't really learn much from them because my theater teacher wasn't really a theater teacher. She was just somebody who was able to successfully put on shows and get us to memorize lines and it was we we didn't build those acting skills in high school so going into 
professional act thing and seeing that it's more of a competition for resources than it is actual skill. It, it gave me, it gave me the opportunity to see that I'm not the only one that, you know, there are people who are in it just to be creative and just to create with other people. And it's, it's something beautiful that I've come to learn now that I'm a film major is that it, it's, it's very, it's very communal. We, we all depend on each other to make the things that we make. So we, we got to make those connections and make friends with each other while we can. <laughs> yeah. What do you like about yourself the most? Oh goodness. <laughs> that, that's, that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, oh goodness. Um, like what qualities about yourself do you value in yourself that you think are, are, you know, make, make you who you are and give you that and give you that strength? I, <laughs> it's funny because it's such a red flag when somebody says that they're, that they're empathetic, but I no, it shouldn't I, be though, is the thing. Cause that's, especially in society right now, empathy is fucking rare as shit. It, it it can you know be. what i mean it, it really can, can be. be but often people who state that they're empathetic really aren't empathetic they just know how to read people and use it for themselves <laughs> but that that's not something that i do i i like i like to understand people and that's all that my heart really comes from it's definitely gotten me in trouble a couple of times because i'll make friends with people who they're enemies with or they have history with but i feel like that's it's a quality that i've come to really love and respect about myself is that i really like to take the time to understand rather than to initially judge somebody because i feel like judging comes from misunderstanding somebody and coming to conclusions that you have no evidence to support your judgment anyway so that it's that's something that I definitely love is that I, I I take the time to understand someone instead of just having that initial jump. And it, it's something that has gotten me out of my shell, too, is that I'll see somebody and they'll intimidate me at first or they'll or they'll make me feel nervous or I'm scared of them for some reason. And then my initial thought is, I want to talk to them. <laughs> I want to know what's up right. with them. Why, why are they right. so funky? I want to know. And once I, once I get my answer, then it, it's the difference between me making a friend, me making an enemy, or me just moving on. <laughs> so I, 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 I really like that about myself is that I'm, I'm curious about people and that I take the time to learn how other people function so that, you know, maybe... Maybe we can learn something about each other. Yeah. Well, that's a great answer. And I feel like it's not a red flag at all because really what you're saying is, you know, what you're saying infers strong listening skills, infers a little bit of empathy. And I agree with what you're saying to a certain degree that to, for a person to say they're empathetic is almost like a person saying that they're modest. Like that's not a word you use for yourself. That's a word somebody else uses for you. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Exactly. But, but I like that. Do you want to hear mine? Absolutely, please. I like that I can make a friend anywhere I go. Ooh. Wherever I go, if I look deeply enough, I can find somebody 
and 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 be a be a friend to them. Not necessarily best friends. I have I would consider you know two to three of my friends are are close friends or my best friends. But mm. no matter where I go, I can strike up a friendly conversation with somebody and make a friend. And I feel like that's mm. a skill that helps me at work and it helps me in my my day-to-day, my social life. And then, you know, mo- like moving forward, I live in the middle of Pennsylvania right now. I don't always want to live here. I want to go other places and see other things. And mm. I feel like that's a skill that I could carry there. I can go to mm. Iowa. I can go to California. I can go to Ireland and I can mm. make a friend. You know what I mean? No. And, that, and I feel like that's such an important skill to have in this type of industry as well because that's definitely gonna make a much bigger impression than somebody who doesn't give a rat's ass about how other people feel you know you're you're gonna remember the person who put themselves out there and was super funny and super kind you're you're gonna want to make that call to them be like you know like, like, even if you're not the best at it, they'll be like, you know, they weren't really the best, but they were such a great time to be around. Let me give them a call. Let me give them another chance. That's oh, yeah. definitely something oh, I learned in theater. Happens. Mm-hmm. That's how it happens. And, you know, and growing mm-hmm. up and, you know, uh, going back to what I said earlier about always wanting to work in broadcasting, growing mm-hmm. up and hearing stories about the people that I idolized on TV and on the radio and, you know, how they got their first jobs. They would just throw a suit on and walk to every radio station around them, every local TV station around them, and just go in and ask for a job. And moreover than not, there was there wasn't a job, you know, but little mm-hmm. by little the people in the in that office, the people of those studios get to know this kid who walks in all the time and finally somebody says, you know what, let's give him a shot. And then like the rest is history. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. a kind of legwork and a kind of um I, I, I hate the word hustle because I think that the idea of a side hustle is bullshit. But <laughs> but but that but that's the kind of hustle that is it, it, it's hard to capture that anymore because there aren't so many physical places to go to pursue the things that we want to do. Right. A lot of it sure. is online marketing and networking and promotion and self-promotion and mm-hmm. and just general shit posting until people see you. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I feel like definitely it's gotten me plenty of opportunities it's it's gotten me with collaborations with other people is that i'll be in the same space as them and they'll just see that you know i'm being myself and they'll be like you know you're interesting i'm gonna i'm gonna get your contact information like it's happened to me plenty of times at my job like i so i tend to put i tend to put on makeup when i go to work and i when I'm interacting with people, because I'm a cashier at the at the cafe, often when I'm interacting with people, I, inter- I interact with them the same way that I interact with everybody else. It, it's, it's something that has definitely gotten me in trouble a few times, but I, I talk to anybody as if they are a normal human being. And it, it's gotten people to get up the courage to be like, hey, like, you're interesting. Like, let me get your Instagram. Like, let me see what you do on a day-to-day basis you seem like an interesting person and i feel like Isn't if that i did the best compliment you could get to be called interesting that's oh my goodness favorite word. that's my oh, favorite goodness. adjective for people people yes. need to be interesting yeah yes command interest totally I, and i love that so much too because like i think of i mean i'm fully aware that i'm not like other people in different ways but like you it, think you're it, interesting like, 
<laughs> I, a little bit. Like I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm interesting. Not you can think you're interesting. You're right. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Yeah. I, I definitely don't fit. I I definitely am not. I I don't fit in the mold of most people my age. I've had experiences mm-hmm. and I've done things that have interest and knowledge and things that a lot of other people don't have. I think to a certain degree that makes me interesting. Yeah. There, I'm sure, you know, and, and I'm sure the same goes for you. There are areas of expertise and, and knowledge and, and, and passion and that, that you have that other people don't have. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I hope so. <laughs> if you weren't interesting, you wouldn't be on this damn show. I'll tell you that. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I made the you cut. know yes absolutely <laughs> you know what speaking of which and we touched on this um a little while ago but mm-hmm. Jordan I asked this question of everybody who participates in this show because participation in this show is a choice I put out a form on Reddit and I said you know I want to talk to as many people as I can complete strangers just tell me your name where you're from what you do mm-hmm. and based on that I'll talk to you and now we're having a conversation based on you filling that out mm-hmm. what made you want to say yes to that process what made you want to do this oh goodness i couldn't tell you christian i couldn't (laughs) i just i just saw that like first of all i i am not a normal user of reddit of reddit i barely use reddit and i i just now am getting into like how reddit works even though i'm i'm not the most versed in it and i just started getting into the podcast and read it and it it when i saw that i don't know i just i just saw another opportunity to put myself out there and to practice you know talking to people that i'm not familiar with and i don't talk to every day because i feel like i'm i'm hitting a point where i'm in my comfort zone and i often interact with people that i've already interacted with or they're a friend of a friend so i know that they're not a terrible person but when you're in when you're in the entertainment industry you're going to interact with people every single day and you're and you're not always going to have a background check on them every single time but if the more people that you interact with the more opportunities that you get and the more experiences that you have and i live life for the experience life is an experience in itself so to answer your question i feel like i did it because i was like you know this would definitely be something that I would love to tell my friends that I did. And it would, and it would, and it would add points to my life experience street cred. (laughs) That's a good, that's a good answer. And I feel, okay, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to put your answer into context. I'm going to tell you some of the other answers to this question that I've gotten. Cause this is Mm -hmm. right now, Jordan, this is episode number 81. Mm. And I've been doing this for two years now. And so I asked this question uh, in every conversation and every conversation I get. I feel like I get a different answer. Mm. But uh, early on, a lot of people said they wanted to do it because they were bored in lockdown. They missed social interaction and they wanted to talk to somebody, anybody. Right. And that and that was that was the vast majority of people that I talked to, like when I first started doing it. Mm -hmm. And then little by little, like as lockdown ended and things quote unquote started going back to normal for some people Mm -hmm. um it was you know i haven't been in my office in a while and i you know i miss talking and i miss you know talking to somebody that i don't know versus talking to somebody that i've known for years and years and so that's why people wanted to do it Mm -hmm. and then little by little 
the answers like yours started creeping in where it was, you know, this is something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to be on a podcast. I've never been on a podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never talked to a stranger at length before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to meet somebody new. I've listened to your show. Um, answers like that started creeping in. And it's interesting to me to see how that answer has like evolved over time. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And that and that makes a lot of sense, you know, with quarantine and everything. But that that's that's beautiful that that evolution happened. I know, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Beauty in life, you know, beauty oh, in, yeah. in, in the little things. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jordan, this has been such a pleasure talking to you. It's, it's you know, and I know you feel the same way. I, I hope you feel the same way about oh, this conversation. Absolutely. But in general, <laughs> in general, I feel like it's really healthy for somebody who has the desire to create to talk to somebody who also has the desire to create and sort of like compare notes and, and get the sense that, you know, they're not alone in this pursuit. So that to me is what I'm taking away from this conversation. It was so great talking to you. I'm so glad we're not strangers anymore. It's just a very healthy experience for me. So I really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no, ditto. It, it, this is definitely something that I wouldn't do on a normal Monday, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm glad I did it because I'm slowly getting better at it. And hopefully I get to a point where it's just my normal. Yeah. And you conquered your worst nightmare. Look, you did. Yes, I did. <laughs> and, you're still, I did and you're still alive and you came out the other side even better than you did going in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. I'm, I'm glad to be part of that experience. Jordan, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, good luck in your pursuits, in your art. I, I, I wish nothing but happiness and creative fulfillment and success for you. And I hope somebody gives you some fucking money for the shit that you're doing. <laughs> thank you so much, because I'm going to need it. <laughs> I, absolutely. <laughs> I'm so deep in credit card debt, Christian. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen. All right. Real quick. Real quick. I'll give you a. I'll give you my number if you give me your number. How much is it? I'll tell you mine. Oh my. <laughs> um. I think I'm like seven hundred fifty. I think right now. Yeah. Seven hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. Oh my friend. Yeah. Oh, I know that's my probably friend. not much. <laughs> my friend. Eight thousand in credit cards and forty five thousand in student loans. No. Oh, oh I have my student loans. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, you're oh, it's coming for you. Oh. It's coming for you. I bet. I'm ready for it. I'm so ready <laughs> no, for honestly, it. No, honestly, probably not coming for you. I, so something's gonna happen within the next few years. That shit's gonna be forgiven. I pray to God something happens within the next few years. I hope. Fingers crossed. Oh yeah, same we'll same here. Jordan, thank you so much. Good luck with everything. And uh, please stay in touch. Of course. Thank you, Christian. That's my pleasure. Have a good night, my friend. You too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Stranger Than Christian is edited, hosted, and produced by me, Christian Carrion, from my studio in beautiful downtown Lancaster City, Pennsylvania. New episodes are released every Saturday morning on all major streaming services and at StrangerThanChristian.com. For more information, email me at StrangerThanChristian at gmail.com or find me on Twitter at StrangerThanC. Until next week, thank you for tuning in to Stranger Than Christian. Good night.